It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, week five was not kind to the Dallas Cowboys. How you doing, buddy? I I, I ran into my boss before I came in here to podcast, and he is a uh, he is a noted uh, Giants fan from you know back east, and and uh, he looked at me and he's like, uh, "Hey, uh, how do the Cowboys do this Sunday?" Knowingly, yeah, you know? yeah of course. And, and I and I turned I turned to him. I was like, "I don't want to talk about it." And then I had the horrible realization that, "Oh, guess what? I do have to go talk about yeah, it on a podcast all week." So, uh, yeah, it was it was not fun to watch. Um, and I mean, for a variety of reasons that we'll get into, honestly. All right, so let's go ahead and just start at the beginning. Uh, the Cowboys fell thirty-four to twenty-four to the Packers. Uh, they got behind really early in this game. It was 17 nothing at halftime. Um, uh, let's start with the offense because I think that's kind of where we need to start. Um, the the offense really struggled in the first half. They were moving the ball up and down the field, but they just could not stay out of their own way. Amari Cooper had a drop that led to a uh, an interception. They had a sack in field goal range that knocked them out of field goal range. Uh, they just they made a lot of silly mistakes. What's going on with the Cowboys' offense, Landon? You know, I mean, the thing about it is that even when watching the game, and it, it, you felt like they could break out of it any moment. You know, like it wasn't like they couldn't get anything done. Though I think you know the ultimate results will tell you otherwise. I, you know, I think if you the whole time you're watching the game, it's like. Okay, they're moving the ball. They can do some things. And then it's like, oh, penalty. Oh, uh, uh, in, uh, drop that turns into an, another drop that turns into another interception. We're at least uh, three of these so far this year. Yeah. And, 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 and it's, it's just like, I, I don't know. It, like, it really is frustrating because look, I, I think y- you can, Count. There was some bad play, though I don't think it was a lot of terrible play. I think a lot of people want to come out and blame Cam Fleming and say that he had a terrible game. I don't know that he did have a terrible game for what the expectation should have been. I felt like there was some times when I felt like Dallas didn't have good schematic answers for what um, Petten was doing to them. And so I, I think the reason they were able to make hay is that you know, they were able to, to do – it's similar to kind of last week at, at times. They were able to make hay when they were throwing the ball early on first and second downs. Yeah. Like they were able to get big plays. When they were forced to get into third downs, it's like, okay, now we know you're passing the ball. And that's when things really became really sketchy for the pass blocking, whether it's schematically or, or you know, some of the stuff. I mean, there's – you know, some of it was – 
guys not passing stunts off, and I guess probably not used to playing with each other. Uh, Lael Collins having a bad game probably because he yeah. wasn't 100%, and then having to leave the game. Right. Um, right. You know, I just think there was a whole bunch of different things that happened early on, but it it it, it wasn't like. The frustrating thing about it was it still felt like any one of these drives, they could have come out. You know, it's not like they were doing a bunch of three and outs. Like, they were moving the ball at different points in the game, and then suddenly it's just like it kind of fell apart on them. And and then with, with what the way the defense was playing, it, it was just disheartening, and that changed the whole shape of the game and the whole way that the offense had to attack the defense. Yeah, to your point, look at their Cowboys' first half drives and the yardage that they gained. Uh, 37, 46, 40, a 15 or a 16 yard drive, a 40 yard drive, and then a 21 yard drive at the end of the half. It wasn't like, again, it wasn't like they were going three and out. They were moving the ball fine. And like on the first drive of the game, you, you just feel like that Amari Cooper drop interception just kind of changed the whole momentum. If Dallas goes down there and scores a touchdown on that drive, which if the throw was a little bit better, uh, Cooper probably catches it, scores a touchdown there. It, it just feels like a totally different contest. But instead, uh, the Packers go right down off the interception. They score a touchdown. The Cowboys punt on the next drive after the sack. Green Bay scores another touchdown, and that's basically the game. Yeah, and I mean, at some point... I- I mean, I, I've had enough, and I, I have to talk about it. But at some point, we have to talk about the the, the officiating. I'll because do it right now because it was I, it was one of the most atrocious officiating games. I in I turned the game off, and honest to God, I had to go back and watch the game later, the second half. And let me be clear: I turned the game off about the officiating before, and this is I found this out later before Jason Garrett got got a penalty over over how bad the officiating was. I, I've never seen anything like it. And, and honestly, I will watch the Cowboys get their butts handed to them all day long. What is incredibly difficult for me to watch is officiating that is so insanely one-sided that I've lost faith in the institution of what is, like, of, of the, like the fairness of the game. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it was unbelievable. Like, the, the, the amount of, I mean, the amount of no calls, the amount of just letting things go, and then, then the, the ticky-tacky calls that we were getting, like the, the disproportionate nature of it. Uh, and let me be clear, like, officiating is is only, uh, a, like, opinionated. I, I, that's not, like, your take as an official kind of only comes out in a few plays. Defensive mm. and offensive holding, because they happen on every single play. So really, it's, it's, it's kind of the official's... You know, up to the official to make the decision on when those calls get played. And those were the ones that were, without a doubt, the most egregious parts of all the, this whole game. That yeah. Tyrone Crawford holds mm-hmm. that, like, I mean, the, uh, the same play that Rodgers throws it down the yard for 30 yards and they don't call a single thing. The Kevin King hold on mm-hmm. Gallup on the interception. Like, some of the things, the hold that they called on Anthony Brown when, or the defensive pass interference when all he did was put his hands up, like while, while the guy was turning around and the guy underthrew it into his back, like it, it, it is one thing to the Cowboys be playing bad, but then when they were playing well, when they were making plays at every key moment, when they were trying to turn it around to have 
the referees like go back and change it, whether it's through calling a holding call on on Tavon Austin, which was mm. absolutely ridiculous. Like, yep. like, like he wasn't a five eight, one hundred and eighty pound guy. Like, uh, you know, the, the 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 like I said, the Crawford call, the Kevin King call. Uh, it just it it time after time after time, the Cowboys were trying to get back into this game, and it wasn't necessarily the Packers that were stopping them when they were making these moments. It was the officiating that was stopping them, and it was. I mean, I hate to be that guy and talk about the officiating like this, but honest to God, like it was, it was unbelievable. Yeah, it I, really I, was. Shocking. I counted eight controversial plays in this game for for both teams. Um, one of the eight plays went in the Cowboys' favor. I'll go through them really quickly. Please, uh, there was yeah. the Jimmy Graham defensive pass interference on the second to last drive of the game. Okay, that's the one where he kind of fell over and they got the pass interference yeah, call. Yes. The Kevin King non-pass interference call on Michael Gallup. Mm-hmm. There, this was a big one. The grounding slash fumble call oh on Aaron Rodgers. Very, very well. Talk about that. Like, yeah. I mean, how does how how is it either not a fumble and also not grounding? Like, right. it had to be one or the other. And the fact that they were able to, you know, thread that needle is pretty impressive uh, uh, mental gymnastics by the officiating there. I, I, I looked at that. At the very least, Dallas lost 30 yards of field position, at the very least. Uh, you had the Tavon Austin holding call. You mentioned that one. You had the Jason Garrett 15-yard penalty after the Amari Cooper one because he was mad that the refs got a call wrong in the field and the refs' feelings got hurt, so he threw a flag. Uh, you had the Anthony Brown defensive pass interference where, uh, it was, Troy Aikman was just screaming about that one, about how ticky tack of a call that was. Uh, that's you had the, the one, that's the one that made me quit. That was yep, the one I turned the yep. game off for. You had the Tyrone Crawford hold, and then the one that I thought was Witten Dallas's favor was the Dak Prescott roughing call. Uh, I mean, he, he touched the helmet, which we've seen that called before, but it's just one of those ones that doesn't need to be called at that point yeah. of the game. But Fair. again, you you have one call that went in favor of Dallas, and the other seven calls were were just massive game changers. And you, I, I again, I don't want to be this guy that complains about officiating every week, but I do because it kills the NFL product when you watch these games and the officials are making themselves the stars of the show. It, it, it was unbelievable yesterday the amount of flags that were in that game. It seemed like every other play there was a flag, there was a long conference. Uh, it, it was just a very poorly officiated game. Any last thoughts before we move on? I, I mean, just that I, I think the, the only other time I felt like this, like when I talked about retiring and quitting the podcasting stuff, was around the Elliott stuff because, again, it, the whole point of this is that you're trying to make this fair. Like, I want to see a fair game. Like, I want to see the the rules as fair and, and equal for all these teams to get the opportunity. And and whatever the outcome is, I'll live with that. Like, but if if, if you're not going to make this a fair product, or if you're at least going to let doubt creep into the mind of the people watching this the way it has, like, that's un. I mean. It's unbelievable. And like I said, we've had lots of games where the Cowboys got screwed by officiating, you know, good or bad. But I don't know that I've ever felt this way about the egregiousness of the one-sidedness, especially the timing of them and the the number of judgment calls that that were so one-sided. Like, this is unbelievable to me. Uh, Last penalty stat before we move on. Uh, The the 
average amount of opposing penalty yards per game. So you, whoever, how many yards your opponent is averaging in penalty yards per game. Green Bay is at number one at 90 yards per game. Dallas, 32nd at 46 yards a game. A little bit of a, a, little bit of a gap there. You're talking about 45 yards of difference per game in, in penalty yards. Uh, noteworthy. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about the defense. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for my advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't always know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you've got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They have been in the business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me in the past, and that's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to my bookie. You win and they pay. It's that simple. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet on the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each week. If you join now, my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use promo code locked on to activate that offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Landon, it was a rough day for the Cowboys' defense. Uh, they didn't do much of anything right in this game. They allowed 335 yards. Uh, Aaron Jones ran all over them, scored four touchdowns. Uh, the Packers averaged uh, over four yards a carry. Aaron Jones was at 5.6. I-, I thought this was arguably the worst game that I've ever seen from Leighton Vander Esch, and there was a couple other guys that I thought played pretty poorly, uh, Malik Collins included. What happened to the Cowboys' defense in Week 5? Yeah, I mean, I think there was a, a lot of concentration on what Aaron Rodgers was going to do. I think that's part of the reason that Jones was able to find a lot of success. But then on top of that, uh, yeah, I mean, just very poor interior defensive line play, I think, across the board. Um, I, I think Malik has been great at times as a pass rusher, but has continued to get pushed around and get pushed past where he needs to be. Um, you know, there's times in there when he's making the linebackers look bad too, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not just him, but, but, you know, I think there was a, there was a play where everyone was kind of pointing at Jalen in, in the middle of the field, but Jalen was actually covering two gaps at that point. Um, and I, you know, I, that's not how it's designed. I, I assure you. Um, you know, and I think it, the, the, the problem is, is that, you know, you've got line, you've got linemen at the second level on top of the linebackers. And, and then, but that means that the guys that they've been dismissing at the defensive line, that are defensive linemen, 
need to be finding ways to slow down and or make the stops at you know when the running backs coming through you know like it's they got to find a way to get off those blocks like everyone can talk about LVE and Jalen Smith getting off blocks but those defensive linemen really have to get off those blocks and at least either stop those offensive linemen from getting to the second level, clogging up the lanes and preventing free running lanes. I mean, Joe, like that's the thing is that Jones had free running lanes. Like he, I mean, he was like he was. It wasn't like it, you know he was getting guys at the second level and then the guys that were remaining on the first level for the cow, for the Cowboys weren't able to make the tackles, weren't able to finish the job. It felt like there was a lot of initial just kind of punches at Jones's leg, but no one was able to take take anyone down at the line of scrimmage. And uh and and then, you know, on top of that, I mean the the penalty thing, we you know we we didn't talk about any of these during the penalty stuff, but the amount of offensive holding that the, the Packers were getting away with too was shocking. Like, I mean, obviously we talked about Crawford, but beyond that, like, uh, you know, on the edges, I saw a couple different times. They got, I think they got, they got called for one, one or two of them, but you, mm-hmm. I mean, you just saw guys getting sucked in and then tackles and tight ends holding the guy just long enough for Jones to get outside and get the corner. Um, you know, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's funny because it took like part of the Packers game for me to remember, oh yeah, this is what it is playing with the playing against the Packers. They basically just, they're the Seattle defense of offensive holding. Like they just hold on every play and uh, just dare you to call it every time. So it, it, it's again, we're not, we're not going back to officiating, but it's shocking no, but it's, how yeah. it's shocking how little home field advantage or home cooking the Cowboys get in some of these games, and how some teams are just able to, to get away with a lot. Um, I, I want to talk about the the Cowboys as a team in general, Landon. We've now seen them go against two good teams in the Saints and the Packers. They were unable to win either game. Uh, both times the, 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 you know, the Saints and the Packers have big guys missing with Drew Brees for the Saints and then Devontae Adams for the Packers. Uh, are you concerned going forward that the Cowboys might not be good enough to beat and compete with some of these elite teams in the NFC? Uh, no. I, I mean, I think that they have, I think that they have t- the talent and I think that, I mean, I, I think that they haven't done it yet and I think that that's, that's a valid point. I think also the Cowboys were also missing big pieces both of those weeks too. Uh, and, I, and I think, you know, the, the ball has bounced poorly for them these last two weeks. And I would say, you know, especially this week, it, it felt like they couldn't, because they couldn't get any breaks officiating wise, the Packers were obviously outmatched the Cowboys when they can play with their players and they can cheat. You know, like, that's the thing is that they continue to get away with it at key moments and, and, and nothing, nothing's called. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a kind of one-sided game. I, I, I'm glad that they were able to get back into the game and, and kind of scrap it out at the end. Uh, I think it shows that they, they, you know, that they didn't quit on them and, and that was something that was worth value. But, uh, you know, I think for the, for me, they're not playing like it's, if they weren't, if they're, you know that's the thing. If you watched them and you had no confidence that they could turn it around, like that'd be one thing. But every single time they got on the field, it felt like they could do something. It's just like the ball bounced the wrong way, or or the penalty got called, or you know just a lot of terrible comedy of error stuff. It's not like they don't have enough talent or enough uh, of, of or the right scheme or whatever. I, I think it's more just. It hasn't been great last few weeks, and I, I'm not concerned that they don't have it. I'm more concerned that they just haven't done it. 
and now the road has become more difficult for them. And that's my concern. I've been kind of saying that for the last, you know, couple of weeks is I really feel like in the NFC you need to have that home field advantage because it's going to be so difficult to to go to Seattle and win a playoff game or go to Green Bay and win a playoff game. We've seen historically that if you don't get a first-round buy and if you don't have home field advantage, it's awfully unlikely that you're going to end up making the Super Bowl and going on to win it. When you drop these games, you know, I feel like very winnable games against the Saints – uh, into the Packers, those games are going to come back to haunt you when we get into January. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, I, I want to talk about special teams. I, I know people are making this out to be a bigger deal than probably what it was. Uh, Brett Maher missed two kicks in this game. Are you concerned about him going forward? Um, uh, you know, not, not, it's, it's not high on my list of concerns. I mean, I, I think that, yeah, I mean, it's not great that he missed I mean, he missed a 54-yard field goal, and then uh, what was the other one? I, I think it was a 41. Yeah, so I, I mean, it's not great, but I don't. Again, I don't know. I don't know what the replacement looks like, and you know, I don't. I'm not like I, I'm certainly not at the point where I'm trading for a kicker. You know, like I, I've seen that how that plays yeah, out. Yeah, I don't well think that's. I don't think that's realistic. I think. I mean, they're kind of tied to Mar for the rest of the season because. Yeah. When you get to this point in the year, especially with so many injuries that we've already had at the kicking situation, you know, across the league, there's not many guys out there that you can find that are going to make you feel a whole lot better than Mar. Uh, my biggest concern is just seems like they make so many special teams errors, not only in the kicking game, but like. In the, in the kick return game, I know Tony Pollard had one uh, nice return, but uh, one a couple penalties on um, kick return. He returned one, didn't get it out past the 15-yard line after the ball is already in the end zone. Uh, they don't make very many plays on punt returns. It, it just seems like they're not getting a lot of help from their special teams unit uh, through the first five weeks of the season. Do you agree with that? I mean, I think, again, the part of the issue is that they're going to call penalties, like that's that's why I don't feel like they should return kicks anymore because they're you're just gonna get a penalty called. I mean it's just it's it's dumb, man. Like they, I mean they just face you know I, and it's not even just the Cowboys. It's just it happens at a crazy high rate now on kickoff returns or, or punt returns. They're calling holding penalties, which makes it even more ridiculous to ever return one if it's kicked in yeah. the end zone. They're just I, giving I, I you twenty five free yards. Just, just stop. I mean, they, and clearly the cow. Clearly the NFL is trying to do that. Like they're trying to like you know officiate away the kickoff, which is stupid and dumb. And again, like goes to the yeah. the deeper issues with the, the NFL in general. Um, but you know that's that's where it is. I agree. I think at this point, you know, look, they 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 had special teams was an issue in the sense that they had poor field position often. And, uh, and that, you know, and I think that kind of people point to that as, as a special teams issue. But the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, nowadays there's only so much you can do when a team is punting the ball out of bounds at the 10 yard line. Right. You know, it's right. like, it's, it's, there's not really a ton you can do anymore to affect the kicking game. They've, tr- they've basically isolated the kicking game to, uh, hey, don't touch this guy while he does his thing. And, uh, and, and anything outside of that, any returns or anything, usually you're going to get called back because, uh, they're trying to prevent people from even doing it. Yeah, so, it's just, 
It's just another area that they have to clean up before you know they start to play some better teams. They've got a tough schedule coming up. You know, after the Jets, they play the Eagles. They've got the Rams, Bears, Patriots coming all up. Uh, it's just something they need to clean up uh, as the season continues. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.